Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. So welcome to the Friendly Bear Book Club. This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and I'm here to talk about today uh, An American Hedge Fund by Timothy Sykes. An American Hedge Fund, you know, is a really underrated book by Tim. He gives it he he gives it out for free now. Uh, I got the audio version. The audio version is not free, although you can hack it. I think if you uh, get some kind of robot to read it to you, if you get the the PDF. But anyway, uh, and I think he gives out the PDF. But anyway, the, the audio one is a plus. Uh, it's only like five or six bucks on on Amazon Audible. Um, I've I've listened to it many times, and I've recently re listened to it a few times. Like at 1.5 speeds because I interviewed Tim a couple of days ago. Today's Friday. I interviewed him on Wednesday. And I re-listened to it like another three or four times just super fast to refresh for the interview. And um, it's a really enjoyable book. You know, it talks about it's more like a history lesson. And it's interesting because like I know when I when I first started with Tim, like, uh, you know, early on, he he's like the, the, the guy that everybody goes to for training wheels. You know what I mean? Um, I used them for training wheels early on when I was fresh out of grad school and I needed something. I wanted to learn this stuff. And like I said in the interview, I wasn't, I didn't care about his flashy marketing stuff. I just wanted someone to give me the stuff I needed to learn so I can get my foot in the door. And he's like, he, he, this stuff was good for that. So anyway, he, he uh, it was interesting to see in the book the way he started trading and the way he, because like now he trades totally differently. But back then he was self-taught in 1999. He talks about his experience of trading in high school. He made his first hundred grand in high school and uh, he would like skip classes and like go in the library and open up all the computers and like trade from the library. And I'm thinking 1999, what was I doing? I was like, I was in high school also. Tim's a couple of few years older than me. But I was in high school also, and I remember going to the library f- to do fantasy baseball. So while I was doing fantasy baseball, this guy was trading stocks in the computer. And the, remember, the computers had, like, big screens back then. They were slower. Um, I think there was DSL internet. But but it's interesting. This guy, like, he found a way to trade in the mania as a high school student. He must have been w- one of the youngest traders in the whole U.S. because, like, it was mostly adults doing this. So anyway, he made, he made a bunch of money. Um... 100,000 in high school. He turned his like 12,000 bar mitzvah to 100. Then he went to Tufts University. He made 700,000 there. Uh, he even traded while doing like a semester at sea, like a study abroad. He would call on the phone on the, on the ship. He'll pay his classmates like 20 bucks to get out of the line for using the phone. And he would, uh, they had, um, satellite internet. So he, he was like, he was at the right place at the right time in the middle of a mania where like you can, you don't, you know, you just need to be there, you know? So just like now there's a lot of people that made money and don't even know what they're doing. 
he made money not even knowing what he was doing. But he being kind of lucky and naive at the right time. Um, and what's what's interesting is a lot of people lost their money, you know, in 1999 because they gained bad habits, and uh, eventually it catches up with them when the market crashes. Yeah, they all they all lost it, you know. But he he actually learned to short sell at the right time, so it was just like a perfect storm of him, you know, being in there, and he was able to keep his money and uh, he's you know use it to start a hedge fund and use it to. Uh, and his hedge fund was only like a million bucks, and he got like some outside investors, a little bit, and family and friends. Uh, so it was very small, small hedge fund, but it was still a hedge fund. And he was trying to grow it. He talks about his whole hedge fund experience um, in the book, which is really interesting uh, because, like, the hedge fund in- industry is very secretive and quiet, and you gotta have certain you can't advertise and things like that. So he talks about that because he's not in the hedge fund industry anymore. So he talks about that now. Uh, in the book and goes through that. I also found it really interesting. So he talks about, um, there's like one section on baseball card economics, which is like a really good lesson on supply and demand. You know, how he talks about how, like, back in the day, in like the 1920s and 30s and 40s and even before, uh, people with parents would throw out their kids' baseball cards and things like that. And so the, the supply of these cards would be really low and um just by the supply being super low the card was worth a lot so that strategy i mean not to stra- you know that was recognized like in the 80s and 90s so like when people ran across baseball cards they would take a lot of very good care of them and keep them and safe uh in safekeeping and that made that made the supply a lot like higher as well as now they were able to print more due to, due to technology and that you know so the cards w- wouldn't really it killed it killed the uh, the lucrativeness of, of the the baseball cards it's not lucrative anymore so it was interesting about the supply and demand it um when he mentioned that what crossed my mind was at first was like bitcoin or you know people get in cold storage and lose it so that automatically makes the supply a little bit less um so yeah just just really good supply and demand lessons or like you know how a stock has a low float but um a really low float but the company is still like not that good but since it has a low float the supply is super low so the prices are really you know can get volatile and really high because it doesn't take much demand to move it so just really interesting lessons on supply and demand uh, he mentions in there. Um, he talks about his short bias strategy when he runs the hedge fund, um, how he's scared to pitch it to people because uh, these invest these potential investors could actually take the strategy and use it for themselves. And um, I see that all the time. You know, sometimes a couple of strategies I even have, I've developed them just by having a couple of conversations and then I'm sure people have gotten strategies from me from a couple of conversations. Cause it's very interesting how like uh how he talks about that. You know what I mean? So it just made me realize, uh, yeah, you know, that just having a simple conversation can open up a whole can of worms with someone's strategy. Um Okay, a couple minutes left. He talks about how he developed uh, a more systematic way to trade the penny stocks and, and short sell them, uh, the pump and dumps. He come, he's like, he tra- he does now like the seven step framework system, um, to go through the the whole systematic way to to short sell and or actually he was short sell. Now now he does like buying, uh, but it's all relevant. 
It's all relevant. And finally, to today. It's all relevant to today. Um, and now, so now he trades OTCs, uh, mostly dip buying and, and just all long. But he traded short selling for a long time. Um, I remember like in a lot of videos in his library, he talks about being bearish. Like E-Trade used to have a, a commercial say, be bullish. And then he would he came up saying, be bearish. You know, so now he's like, he's a teacher mostly. And he talks about it like in the interview I just did with him a couple of days ago. How like uh, going going long is a lot easier than going short, and also it's it's safer because you know you can lose more than what you have if you uh, short sell. Um, and then finally, the evolution of the pumper. So he talks about back then there was this one pumper, Jonathan Labed, uh, would create like hundreds of profiles on message boards and just talk to himself through different profiles as different people. And like Muppets, you know, like characters. And people would fall for this and and uh, buy into that. So he was creating artificial demand and it would attract more demand. Because people, when it comes to, to money and greed, they become sheep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. So now these days you have on Twitter, like this guy, Zach Morris, which is actually a Saved by the Bell character. And uh, other people pumping up a stock, creating artificial demand. And uh, you, you don't know who these people are. You don't even know if they're real, if they're bots. Now they have bots. You don't know what's what. So like now it's on Twitter, but before it was like this 15-year-old kid. Oh, yeah, by the way, he was 15. Jonathan Labed, uh, you know, in his little bedroom in his mom's house, like with hundreds of profiles, and he made a ton of money. And I think he ended up set- settling with the SEC and it, uh, that, that is actually talked about more in Michael Lewis's book, Next, which uh, I'm going to go over as well. But, um, yeah, this was this was a really good book. Um, it, it goes over really clear strategies that still apply for today. It goes over many different lessons. It's, a, it's, it's actually a really enjoyable book to listen to and understand for all types of levels. Um, and and uh, it goes to short selling, buying the mania. Because Tim has been trading for a long time, um, the nineteen ninety nine mania, and like now we're in the mania, or like you know we're still in the mania. Um, so it's good to like see these historical lessons and use Tim as the guinea pig for that. Um, so yeah, check that out. He gives it away for free. There's really no reason not to not to read it if you're interested in this stuff. You got, you got to, you got to read, you know, sometimes you got to read. So, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Friendly Bear book club. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over all my audio books, all my regular textbooks, everything, you know, it just helps me reinforce it. It helps me going, reinforcing everything I learned. And, uh, on Sunday, a couple days from now, I'm going to go over Market Wizards with Tango Baker, Chris Morales. And that's going to be fun. And so thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Book Club. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at 
Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.